you are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV BRICS. Uh, Mr. Makituka, Your Excellency, good day and thank you so much for this interview. Mr. Makituka, recently you were appointed to the post of the Ambassador of South Africa to Russia. Well, first of all, my congratulations. And secondly, I sincerely hope that you will like your stay here with us. Well, let me ask you, what does this position mean to you? Well, the position of being a, an ambassador, a South African ambassador in the Russian Federation, it's quite a prestigious position because, number one, Russia's relationships with South Africa are at a high level, strategic level, because as you would recall, we are all members, both members of BRICS. And number two, the relationships between the people of Russia and South Africa dates back to the 30s, to the 1930s. And uh, therefore to be, and the other thing is that uh, we will be celebrating 30 years of diplomatic relations in the year 2022 between South Africa and Russia. And to emphasize that South Africa was the first country in the African continent to recognize the Russian Federation. So therefore, it's a prestigious post for me to be here. So what do you know about Russia and its people and how close is our country to you spiritually? Well, I, I saw your question about the spiritual. Now, if we follow the definition of spirituality, which is defined as a phenomenon that is concerned with the human spirit and the human soul, as compared to materialistic things, your question is quite interesting to me. But I will try and answer the question in both, both spirit, both human, the human soul, and the material uh, dimensions of the meaning of the word spirituality. But let me just stress that uh, the history of, uh, of the Russian people to me dates back to my beginnings of political consciousness because for people of my generation in South Africa, more so people from the liberation movement, the history of the Russian people, and I'm using the term Russian people deliberately, extending from the history of Russia, the period when Russia was under socialism, under the Soviet Union and the Federation presently. To me, looking at those periods are quite interesting. Of course, the addition to me also was one, as I said, because of my political history, my political background as a member of the African National Congress, whose history with the Russian people, as I say, extends to the 30s. But also number two, as a writer, 
uh, I have read quite a number of Russian classics. And uh, right now, as we speak, I'm busy reading uh, Dostoevsky's uh, 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 short stories. That is the book that I'm reading now, and uh, I've already finished reading his Idiot and a number of Russian classic uh, literatures. So in that sense, I am attached to Russia because of its uh, position in the literary world. But of course, I'm quite interested now in looking at new Russian writers because we know about the Gorkis, we know about the Chekhovs, we know about the Tolstoys, who are incomparable in the literary world. But I'm interested now to look and to study the new Russian writers who might be up and coming. A question about your work. Tell us about your plans as the ambassador. What do you expect from your appointment? Well, luckily this question comes at the right time for me because I will be entering my fifth month in, in Russia, no more in Moscow, in Russia. And uh, I arrived in the mission at the right time at the end of the 2020 financial year and the beginning of the 2021-2022 financial year, which goes with planning. We plan for the year and I immediately got involved in my second week in arrival in the mission uh, to have been involved in the strategic planning for the year. And of course, I received the reports, I received briefings from my colleagues in the mission about past programs. Now, <clears throat> I would like to highlight three key focus areas for me and three key focus areas for the mission. One, it is to strengthen the diplomatic relations between Russia and South Africa. In the strengthening of those diplomatic relations, number two would be economic relations, because to me, presently, I'm not too much worried about the diplomatic, the political relations, because as I said earlier, they've got a long history. They are good, they are at a strategic level, but my key focus area would be in the economic field. Economy, trade, investments, business to business. And in doing that, our second key focus is to strengthen partnerships between South African provinces and the Federation's regions. Because we have realized, and in our analysis, the strength and the drivers of the Russian economy today rests with the regions. And forming partnerships between the provinces in South Africa, as they are called, and regions in Moscow, in, in Russia, become quite strategic for us. The third aspect is to strengthen the participation of the mission, that is the South African Embassy, in all the activities of BRICS, 
Those, those are the three key focused areas for us presently in the mission. And I can safely say, I am pleased to say that there has been much progress in that regard. Uh, my first visit was to attend SPIF in St. Petersburg. I was in St. Petersburg for a whole week, attended SPIF, which is an international economic forum, of course. Highly impressive, but on the sidelines of SPIF, we met with the leadership of the land of the city of St. Petersburg, the mayor's office, and all its uh, subcommittees, but also we met with the governor of the Leningrad region to look at the relationships that I was talking about. And uh, I have to say and report that there has been major, major uh, breakthroughs in terms of this kind of relationship. Because number one, uh, St. Petersburg and Leningrad is strategic for South Africa because it's a gateway for Europe, where, as you would know, the European Union is South Africa's biggest trading partner. And the location of St. Petersburg, therefore, for example, for oceans, becomes strategic for us because uh, our products, the South African products, especially in agriculture, which I'm sure we will deal with later, uh, citrus fruit in particular. We are the third biggest importers of citrus fruit in the Russian Federation. Number one, it's Turkey. Number two, it's Egypt. Number three, it's South Africa. But I can tell you, during this season, there is no competition when it comes to citrus because we share close to about 35% uh, of the market, citrus market in Russia. But during summer, there is no competition. We dominate the market in citrus fruit, that is your oranges, your mandarins, your, your, your pears, and other citrus fruits. So we are very, very proud of it. And St. Petersburg, that is where the ship with 3,000 tons of citrus fruit lands every year, and it landed this year in St. Petersburg, where my team from the, uh, from, the, from the embassy, together with our honorary council, Mr. Vladimir Boryshenko, received the South African ship together with the Russian importers. So, an agreement of friendship and partnership was signed between Russia and South Africa in 2006, 2006. when our countries confirmed their desire to develop trade and economic relations. Well, we have already talked about trade, economics, but also they have decided to develop military, technical and scientific spheres to work together in the defense and aviation industries, in the field of health, culture, education and tourism. Well, culture, education and tourism a little bit later, but about technical field. Do we have something in common, technical field, aviation industries? There was a cyber conference of defense. It was an international one. Our Minister of Defense and a big delegation of our defense and defense industries 
were in Moscow for a whole week. And on the sidelines of that, there was a cooperation that was signed between our two defense departments in the field of uh, helicopters and helicopter uh, repairs. Russia had requested for some time from South Africa because there is, there's a lot of uh, military helicopters, Russian helicopters in the continent. But the challenge is for purposes of servicing those uh, equipment. So the decision was taken that a plant will be opened in South Africa where the servicing of those. Now, last week, that was amongst the cooperations that were signed between the two ministers, mm -hmm. the two ministries. And what about the cultural exchange? Is it planned between our countries? Cultural exchange, that's an exciting and an int another interesting uh, question. Cultural exchange being a broad, culture is broad, as you would know, but I will just flag two areas in culture. One of the things that we are already engaged in, the mission is in talks with the All Russia Library for Foreign Literature. We had had a very interesting meeting with the leadership of the library here in Moscow. And we are discussing a partnership and a partnership between the, the Russian Library for Foreign Literature with the South African, the National Library of South Africa, which is an umbrella body for all libraries. Now, one of the most interesting things that we were, were going to be discussing and implementing would be an exchange in literature. We will offer the translation of Russian classics in English that can be distributed in South Africa. And the library, South Africa will provide them with South African classics that could be translated into Russian and they would be distributed in the library. That is quite an exciting program in culture. Number two, uh, when I was in uh, Yekaterinburg, I visited the Belinsky Library, which was quite impressive to me. I spent about two hours at the Belinsky Library. Now, the interesting thing that we discussed with the leadership of the library, facilitated, of course, by the Minister of Foreign Affairs, was uh, that I discovered that there is something that South African libraries could learn from the Belinsky Library. You see, we've got a lot of uh, archive that is stored in our library that needs to be uh, repackaged that needs to be digitized. And what I discovered at the Belinsky Library, in-house, the library itself has got tremendous skills in the retouching of old documents, rescanning and digitizing those documents. 
Now, one of the things that we have agreed with the director of the library would be there would be an exchange of programs where they could train young South African folks in the skill just of digitizing because they take they took take, take, take us through all of the processes it's simple processes that do not need somebody to go to school and the time frame for that also is to me that was quite impressive so those are just in a nutshell the areas that we are looking at working with the regions in the Russian Federation. Let's talk about the approaching Olympic Games. I know that your water polo team confirmed its participation. Is it right? I read about the, that uh, they are going to be participating in, uh, in uh, and over the past few years, uh, South Africa has not sent big delegations in Olympic Games. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, of late, because there has been a reorganization of the, the South Africa in the Olympics Committee mm -hmm. in South Africa. There has been a reorganization, that was number one. And I know as a result of that, there has been a descaling of South Africa's participation. For example, I think in the last Olympic Games, South Africa sent a very, very small team. And it was not because of uh, 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 COVID, it was long before COVID. But I know now that there are plans now to increase. I think they have resolved all the reorganization issues that they have been. So I'm, I'm not really, I don't really have details of the polo team, but I know that there would be a polo team because I read about it uh, recently. Does South Africa expect anything from these Olympic Games? Do you wait for some medals? maybe well well in the history of the of the olympic games i don't think there is a single olympic game activity where south africa didn't get any medals uh, yes because uh, south africa is quite competitive for example in swimming for example in various uh, we have had uh, gold medals uh, actually, there was, I think, the second but last Olympic Games. South Africa got quite a lot of medals. So, because one, South Africa is highly competitive when it comes to Olympics. And of course, South Africa has been a participant in the activities of the International Olympic Committee for decades and decades. You, you see, even during the time of... Uh, cultural boycott, of course. They couldn't participate in the apartheid regime because of the cultural boycott. But immediately after 1994, South Africa went full force. Perhaps we will talk a little bit about tourism sector. Tourism maybe. sector. Although Russian people do know a lot about South Africa and Africa on the whole. But um, such a question, how many Russians do live in Africa or in South Africa? Maybe you have the statistics. We have uh, plus minus 3,000 Russians, plus minus 3,000, but definitely not less than 3,000 Russians living in South Africa today, working in various fields. Others are naturalized because there's quite a lot of intermarriages between Russia and South Africa because 
A number of South Africans studied in Russia, number of them. Uh, there's one family that I know of, of a Russian lady who speaks Tosa now, which is supposed to be one of the most difficult languages even for other groups in, uh, in, in, in South Africa. She lives in Cape Town. She's married to a, uh, a, a, a gentleman who lived in Russia for, I don't know, is it 17 years? He studied here. And uh, so there are lots of such intermarriages. So that's why earlier I said, for people of my generation and upwards, Russia is known to South Africans. Yeah, it might be the question now of the younger generation. Your question on tourism is quite an interesting one again, because we are also now, I know there are discussions to commence a direct flight by Aeroflot between Moscow and Johannesburg. And the discussion are quite advanced in that stage. So we are expecting very soon there would be a direct flight. Number two, you are also aware that uh, as from 2017, there has been a 30-day, uh, a 90-day visa waiver. Mm -hmm. Russians, of ordinary Russians, do not need visa to enter South Africa. South Africans do not need a visa to enter Russia for a period of 90 days. So you can decide now, you go on a holiday to South Africa, you can stay there for 90 days without a visa. You can marry there <laughs> for this time. Lucky, <laughs> you can days. marry there in the 90 days. <laughs> the idea behind this was to boost tourism. And not only tourism, people-to-people -people interactions. That was, the, that, that, that was the idea. And statistics shows us that immediately when there was a visa waiver, then the movement of people between the two countries started to go up. Unfortunately, there was a problem of, for purposes of tourism of a direct flight. It's a long way to travel from Johannesburg or from Cape Town to any part of Russia or visa vis. Hence now then it was decided that let us look at the direct flight. And of course, luckily for us, Aeroflot was interested in filling that gap. And we hope now once there is a direct flight, there would be more traffic. In my five months that I'm here in, uh, in, in in Moscow, many people know about Cape Town. Everybody is crazy about Cape Town. I've so many people that I meet with ask me, oh, I would love to go to Cape Town. Oh, I've been in Cape Town. I know Cape Town. And uh, because it's our attraction city for tourism. People see it as the most beautiful city in South Africa. Cape Townians, of course, say that, well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
So speaking about tourism, we can't escape the question of coronavirus, I'm sorry. It's the most vital problem for today for the, the whole world, I suppose. So how are the things going in this field? Well, let, let, me, let me be upfront and say that uh, the corona pandemic is hitting us hard. And correctly, as you are saying, there is not a single country in the world that can say to me that we are coronavirus free. Even not a single region. <laughs> not even a single region that can say that. Mm -hmm. South Africa, we are caught up in that. It's hitting us very, very hard. Because one of the mutation of the virus, it's new variants coming in. When we think that the pharmaceuticals, the laboratories have introduced a new vaccine, then a new variant comes up. There are delays in the, in the distribution lines. There are shortages. So it's a huge thing. So as a result, Coronavirus is affecting business. Coronavirus is hitting tourism big way. And South Africa is not immune from that. I would be lying to you if I say South Africa is immune, it is too. No, it is not. But what we are doing now as we are talking, in all my visits, the last one, Yekaterinburg, I met the Tourism Association led by their vice president and tour operators. We were dealing with the same issue, the same question. But there is a consensus that says, let us not stop human activity because of coronavirus. Let's look at alternative measures. One of the alternative measures that we would be working with, with uh, I know with Krasnodar, I know with, uh, with Leningrad, I know with, uh, with the Urals, would be to go virtual mm -hmm. webinars. Mm -hmm. Because to promote the tourism packages, we're setting up programs now. For example, with the Urals, with Yekaterinburg, for example, we are going to have a wine tasting event between South Africa and Russia. And we are going to link it up with Krasnodar because of the wine and tourism. We are going to be collaborating with the tourism associations of these various regions, with regions in South Africa. Cape Town in particular, Northern Cape, West Grow in, in, in Western Cape. Those are the programs because we are saying, let's not be paralyzed by uh, the coronavirus. Let's look at alternatives. As I was saying, ITEC, for example, will be meeting, ministers will be meeting, virtual meetings. Okay, and how do your people cope with coronavirus, about the vaccines a little bit? Well, are they eager to be vaccinated? I was, uh, we were discussing this matter in, uh, with a group of diplomats yesterday. And the report that we are giving as South Africa is that actually South Africans do not have a problem with vaccination. Mm -hmm. 
we have vaccinated all the frontline workers, mm -hmm. that is your doctors, your ambulance, your nurses, your what, teachers. We have vaccinated all the elderly people from 65 upwards, your hundreds. Actually, what's the day today? It's the 16th. Yesterday, yesterday, we started vaccinating the 36-year-olds up to the 45s, 50s. The program is on now as we speak, and it is expected that by October, we would have vaccinated that group, and then it goes down to the other group. That is the message. That is the program that is in place. We're lucky in the sense that, uh, one, we have uh, the J&J &J, uh, uh, vaccine that is produced in South Africa at, uh, at, at, at Aspen Pharmaceutical in Port Elizabeth and Durban. We are ramping up the facilities of Aspen. There is a program by a South African businessman, a billionaire who is based in the US, who have set aside 30 billion US dollars to build more facilities for the, for the production of vaccines, not only for all communicable disease vaccines and research. He will be building a new facility. Recall that uh, the other area that we are really, really working on now, especially as the foreign affairs together with the Department of Health, we are together, South Africa and India, and uh, close to about now 110 other countries, we've made a presentation to the WTO for allowing vaccine manufacturing countries to temporarily waive their intellectual property on vaccines mm -hmm. so as to give the opportunity to those countries world over that they have got the capacity to produce the vaccines. And it's not a new thing for South Africa and India to have done because you will recall that 20 years ago, at the height of the HIV AIDS pandemic, mm. South Africa made the same call to the WTO for the development of alternative medicines to fight the disease, and we were successful. Now, 20 years thereafter, we are hit by the uh, coronavirus and we are calling again on vaccine producing countries through the WTO. I think this would be discussed, I think in October, if I'm not mistaken, but South Africa and India were spearheading that campaign. And we are looking forward and we know that already about a month and a half ago, President Putin issued a statement in an interview that Russia will consider the release temporarily of its intellectual property 
for the manufacture of uh, we've made the AU has made an assessment that in the African continent five countries have got the capacity to produce to manufacture these vaccines and South Africa is amongst those countries I'm definitely sure India which has got a huge pharmaceutical capacity. It's got the biggest, biggest distribution networks for pharmaceutical. Because remember the Indians quite early in the distribution and in the manufacturing of genet, gen, uh, generic drugs, India was leading. So therefore, India can produce, can manufacture literally all the, the the vaccines in there. So that is why we are leading on this effort. So we were quite pleased when President Putin, and we know that uh, he has already assigned the Minister of Health to look at the modalities of how this trips. If Russia waver temporarily its uh, 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 intellectual property on uh, vaccines, how is it going to be done? So It's all about Sputnik, right? About Russian vaccine. We are talking about vaccines. Mm -hmm. Because presently, Russia is producing how many vaccines? Four. Four vaccines. Mm -hmm. And we are not talking about Sputnik. Mm -hmm. We are talking about vaccines that Russia has mm -hmm. produced. Sputnik would be, of course, one of them. We, we as South Africa, we are not going to, going to be selective and say, country A, we only want this type of vaccine. Because to us, the key thing is to save the lives of people. That is why even in terms of, if you look at the basket of vaccines that South Africa is using, we're literally using every vaccine in the world that we can get. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is for us, to, to, to get these vaccines, to vaccinate our people, to defend them mm -hmm. towards this pandemic. So do you have enough vaccines right now for the people? No, no they, I don't think there is a country that can say it has got enough. I still have to hear of a country that can say it has got enough. We are building every day. For example, I think about two weeks ago, our, 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 our regulatory body cleared the, 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 the COVAX, the, the, the Chinese vaccine, for example. And uh, the first stage of that has passed through. And of course, they announced also they are evaluating Sputnik because presently the, our regulatory body has not cleared Sputnik. And uh, until such time that it is cleared by the regulatory body, it cannot come to South Africa. What would you like to wish to your country? I would like three things to happen in, 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 in my country. One, to drop down the levels of poverty. We've got a high rate of poverty in South Africa. Two, drop down the levels of unemployment. I was reading statistics this morning we are having the highest levels of unemployment. The official statistics that I read this morning is that we are at 25% unemployment. 
And depending on what region or what city or what town you are in, in other regions it can go up to 50%. So the rate of unemployment is very high. And the reasons are not far to be found because our economy has not been growing exponentially. There has been a small growth stagnation because until such time that you have an economic growth and economists tow around the figure of 5% uh, per annum, then once you are at 5%, then you begin to change the configuration of your unemployment versus your employment. So unfortunately, over the past years, this is not what has been happening in South Africa. Hence, I said earlier, one of my key focus is in the field of economy. So the more there is cooperation between South Africa and Russia, between South Africa and China, between South Africa and Brazil, and in, the more we will stimulate our economies. And the business people are key in that field. Investments are key. And what are you proud of in South Africa? I'm proud of the democracy that was ushered in 1994. It was a major, major breakthrough for South African society because we have been gripped by an inhuman system called apartheid that bedeviled our country for close to 70 years. But came 1994, there were major changes in South African society. For the first time, the majority of the citizens of that country happened to have voted the right to exercise their democratic right through choosing a party, a leader that they want, irrespective of color. So to me, that was a major, major breakthrough, 1994 the release of political prisoners who had been in prison for more than close to 27 years. So that to me, that was a major, major change in South Africa's history. So I suppose we have to come to the conclusion, to the end of our interview. So Mr. Makituka, I wish your South Africa, I wish, I wish good luck. I wish it be prosperous. Um, so thank you so much for this interview, for your being so welcome today here in the Embassy of South Africa in Russia. Thank you. Спасибо большое, You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.